You're listening to the Tranquility Tribe podcast, an empowering space for all parents from conception to childhood. In this podcast, you'll explore your birth options, hear from experts in the field, learn to embrace self-indulgence, and prepare yourself for parenthood with Haiti. She's a coffee connoisseur, lover of deep belly laughs, a big-time tailgater, and your neighborhood birth junkie. From Mississippi to Massachusetts and everywhere in between, here's your host, Hee. Hello, villagers. Welcome back to another episode of the Tranquility Tribe podcast. You're listening to episode number 22. Today, I'm diving into pain, posture, and performance with Jill Miller, who is the co-founder of Tune Up Fitness. Jill has studied fitness, anatomy, movement, and the human body for more than 30 years. Today, she is connecting the dots between yoga, massage, pain management, self-care, all the things that you want, but you might have to leave your house to do so. She has created a product that brings these things into your home. You never have to leave your yoga pants and oversized sweaters. The role model method is a set of soft, squishy balls. Um, they are designed for soft tissue conditioning and self-care. You literally use these balls all over your house, um, on the floor, on the wall, in different positions to help give yourself a self-massage. It's also really in tuned with alignment of your body and mental health and connecting with your body. There's also an entire section of the website and the program dedicated to expectant and postpartum parents. With Mother's Day right around the corner, I wanted to share this really, really fantastic product for all of you out there. We've even put together um, our top gifts and top picks for Mother's Day this year, so that'll be linked to the show notes. You can take a gander at what I think are kind of outside of the box um, gifts for mom so that you can help her indulge and practice her self-care at home. Jill and the Tune Up Fitness family have so graciously given our Tranquility Tribe podcast listeners an exclusive discount. So be sure to plug in your discount code of HEHE10, that's H-E-H-E-1-0, HEHE10 at checkout to take advantage of 10% off of your total purchase. So join us today as we dive into the self-care balls, the science of quote-unquote rolling, and motherhood with Jill Miller. I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Jill, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> I am so, so excited to share all the things that you have to share with our listeners today. And listeners, you are in for such a special treat. Jill has just released her brand new product on May 1st, so you are amongst the first to know. Jill, can you tell us a little bit more about your Role Model Mama program? Yes. Uh, Role Model Mama is self-care massage for pregnancy and beyond. Uh, a few years ago, I had made a product called, or I wrote a book called The Role Model Method. And one of the chief categories of questions that came to me after I released this self-empowered soft tissue self-care system into the world was mamas wanted to know what they could and couldn't do during pregnancy. And so it took me um, just about three years to, or two years to get pregnant again, and then to work out all of the sequences and the concepts so that I could actually teach it while I was very, very pregnant. In fact, I had my son three weeks after we filmed Role Model Mama. Um, and we cover in this program best practices for self-massage. We also go over some considerable amount of anatomy, just enough so that you know where you're placing the ball safely or the balls, depending on which sequence it is. And we also deconstruct and reconstruct 
best breathing practices because there's the you know there's never not a good time to learn breathing but i think during pregnancy almost every woman is I mean, during birthing, you're instructed to breathe. That's one of the only times when all women are told to breathe in a specific way. And so you may as well learn what those muscles of respiration are in the context of your pregnancy. So we have that in there as well. And then there's a few bonus moves at the very end that help to incorporate the soft tissue release along with the positional awareness and breath awareness so that you can really feel yummy and delicious and pampered. Oh my gosh, I love it. You are like totally 100% through and through speaking my language. I love it so much. So what is the difference between the Role Model Mama program and the Yoga Tune-Up program? If someone were exploring Mm -hmm. which one is right for them, what would you tell them to consider? So Yoga Tune-Up is my larger programming concept. And what Yoga Tune-Up, the energy behind it is live better in your body. In Yoga Tune-Up, we help people to find and heal their body's blind spots through a combination of functional yoga, which that's a whole other thing, to, a whole other podcast to talk about, um, corrective exercise, breathing strategies, soft tissue self-care using the role model balls, and uh, mindset. So the role model is just the soft tissue self-care portion of my programming. And Yoga Tune-Up includes so many other aspects of functional movement. And yeah. And then Role Model Mama is just for the pregnant, pregnancy and beyond set. Cool. I love it. That's awesome. So those Although, were- Kihi, you would probably appreciate this because I know uh, some of what you do, is that the Role Model Mama is also for your stressed out partners and anybody who loves you. For sure. Oh man, it is definitely nice to hear you speaking (laughs) so much of my language. That's awesome. Yeah, I think something that we often forget when we're working um, with expectant parents is pregnancy, while it's different, it's, it's it's hard in a different way. It's still challenging for partners. Things are still changing for them. And I think something that often goes kind of to the wayside or gets forgotten or they maybe get pushed to the back burner are partners and kind of their feelings and, um, you know, what's changing for them because things are definitely changing. They're having to kind of learn um, a new way of living as well. Absolutely. My husband was rolling on the yoga tune-up balls while I was in labor with Asher. He was like, I don't think there's anything else I can do here, so I'm just going to help myself. And he's down on the floor rolling, and I have my two best friends in the room, and we're chatting. It was so funny. But yes, I mean, there are ways that you can, you know, insert into even the birthing process for your, you know, for your poor husband who's stressed out beyond belief or, or, your, or your partner um, so that they're getting some of the good feels also. Absolutely. And this is something like the video is something that people can do together. So I don't just see it as like the woman is in isolation in a, you know, in a closet rolling, rolling, rolling herself to help with her aches and pains, but also it's something that they can do together during all trimesters. Yeah, that's really amazing. I think it's, um, you know, it's really hard to be a birth support person. It's labor intensive, it's long hours, it's mm-hmm. exhausting. Um, so definitely self-care for your, for your support team is really important um, for sure. So something um, that I think a lot of people consider while they're pregnant and then often again in postpartum time period is staying fit. What's your Mm -hmm. biggest piece of advice for moms who are trying to educate themselves on how to stay active, but finding Mm -hmm. what's right with your body? That's kind of a buzz, you know, a buzz word these days is like, listen to your body, find what is right for your body. I want to kind of dissect that. Oh my goodness. Well, I think that pregnancy is one of the most utterly confusing times, uh, especially a first pregnancy for any woman in terms of what is my body saying to me? Like, I've never felt these things. I've, I've never felt little babies kicking and, you know, twisting around. And I've never felt this level of nausea or this level of exhaustion. Um, I all of a sudden have low back pain that haunts me day and night. I mean, there's so many things that can creep up for women throughout um, any, any pregnancy. And there are so many you know, riddles to it. You're way more expert at that than I am. He, he, I mean, I have, I've had um, four pregnancies and two children. So I've also been through, um, you know, intense grieving and intense, uh, the roller coaster of 
what, you know, the unexpected happening. Um, and then, of course, the unexpected miracles that also happen. So having a way to, um, having a way to introduce fitness into your life in the context of, well, when am I feeling in my body? The therapy balls, the, all, the, all, the way I approach my work is that this is a way for you to listen in. These are little amplifiers for the sensations in your body. Um, when we can enter into sensing in slow motion, um, and that means slowing down the pace. I mean, I mean, I, I love all types of fitness. I love super sympathetic stuff, but I don't teach that. I teach people to really back off of uh, aggression or tension with this type of work so that you can pay attention. Um, because when you're, you know, the, the bracing patterns within your muscles that are coming basically from your brain to your body, when you can let go of the unconscious tension, you start to really feel more levels of feeling. And so that is both um, something called proprioception, which is positional sense, but even more subtly than that is interoception, and, which is physiological listening. And the birthing process or the pregnancy journey is like the ultimate interoceptive experience because you're feeling movements of fluids, organs, not only yours, but your babies. Um, you're sensing urges. You're having hormonal shifts that um, nobody can prepare you for. And all of this is really your subtle sensing system. And um, it's a fast track to your emotional well-being. The, or excuse me, let me not say the emotional well-being, but your interoceptive systems are a fast track to emotions. And some of those emotions can be incredibly positive and ecstatic um, and harmony, harmonizing. And others of them can, be, can throw you way off balance in terms of your emotional stability. So I think I'm veering into like so many different directions here and trying to answer your question about fitness. Because I think you know, stage one is, all right, I have all these new exotic feelings. I don't have a place for them. Um, but I guess I'll allow myself to feel them. I mean, I think that's really the biggest thing is to be able to give yourself permission to have the full experience. Like this is the human experience. It's the most superhuman experience any human will ever have is this birthing process. So uh, I don't want anybody to like stifle that by let me go out and run a marathon now and just, you know, cover that experience up. Although running a marathon can happen when you're pregnant. Like, don't let me stop you from having that experience pregnant. I've seen amazing athletics um, happen through pregnancy. But I think the underlayer of that, and knowing that you have permission to run the marathon, the underlayer of that is, is getting familiar with your body as it changes every single day over those 40 weeks. And so that's my, that's my, my best advice is, is find a way to increase your ability to listen. I love it. So you're speaking my um, sensory language now. So my background is, um, I actually have a background with children on the sensory processing disorder um, kind of spectrum. Yeah, I see your mouth drops. Oh, so I just got the shivers all over. Oh my All God. of these things play into the very specific role in the understanding um, that I have when I'm working with my clients. So you know, and you also think you also say um, there are some instances in parenthood that maybe um, like that grieving process make you really put yourself completely last, and you don't even really not even thinking about yourself at those at those points. But you you can't do that. You know, you have to put yourself first. You have to take care of yourself. Um, so I love 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 your focus on that, which is a perfect segue into, um, you know, my thoughts on like self-care. That is a big pillar in my practice. It's something mm -hmm. that I preach. It's something that I encourage. It's something that I can teach you to do at home. Um, I love to dissect what that looks like for you because it looks different for everyone. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, I, I know that self-care has, a, keeps evolving. Like the, the word self-care or the, the hyphenate um, keeps evolving and it means something different for all people. So for, for us with my company, Tuna Fitness, self-care really is about improving your ability to sense your body and um, find modes of movement that were blind to you before. So we like to say that 
our work helps you to find and heal your body's blind spots. And so those body blind spots are often areas of incredible information and incredible movement potential or emotional potential. And it works on many, many different levels to um, allow yourself to have that exploration. So in our sense of it, the self-care is really, ex not, it's not about putting nail polish on your nails, but is pampering your soft tissues in ways that brings them to life. Yeah, for me, so self-care is like this, um, it's an experience, definitely. So if painting your nails is that for you, then that that's awesome. But, you know, maybe it's more about that exercise or maybe it's more about taking those five minutes to just be by yourself and be in complete silence. Maybe it is, um, you know, going to get your hair done. It can look different for everybody. And so for me, I love your your therapy balls, because they seem to bring the massage into people's home. Um, it's very convenient, and you have a whole section on your website about using the balls in your home as um, kind of massage therapy in your home. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, massage therapy is awesome, and I love it. I love you know, having and receiving massages and giving massages, but there's a time and a place for that, and there's a great expense to it. And sometimes you don't get a great massage and other times you're covered with oil um, or what have you. But to be able to do a little bit of soft tissue work whenever and wherever you need it in whatever context, you can do it um, in your bed, you can do it in your car, having the, the therapy balls because they're all different sizes behind your back or before you exercise, um, or after you exercise, if you wanna help yourself sleep at night. We have a lot of people who use the yoga tune-up balls, which are our smallest balls, on their face and their neck and their jaw to help them not only go to sleep, but also to reduce their jaw tension or jaw clenching that happens at night. There's another ball, the gorgeous ball, that is a great stimulator for not only your breathing muscles, but it's a massive down regulator. And so somehow we're not quite sure how it's working, but it's stimulating your vagal response. So it slows down your breathing, slows down your heart rate, and it helps you rock you into tranquility. And going back to this self-care concept, you know, in talking on a, a birthing podcast, which is what you have, you know, care really is that which your caregiver gave to you in anticipating your needs, right? And so I really like to think of self-care as sort of my own inner mama hosting me, cradling me, rocking me, stroking me, and facilitating the most amazing harmony within my system. And so this, this you know, reinstates that for you it, and empowers you to let yourself have that deep listening and then address it use one of the therapy balls, find a place where you can take care of yourself like the mama would. For sure. I, I think, you know, harmony is such an interesting thing that you brought up because there's a huge influence of harmony on, you know, in, in your birth experience. Things really do, you want them to all be kind of harmonized and on the same wavelength. So very interesting that you brought up that word. Mm. I love that um, yoga tune-up is built around the three Ps, pain, posture, and performance. And I particularly want to speak to the pain part because I'm a huge advocate um, that pain is your body's way to communicate with you and that we should definitely listen to that. So what, what do you have to say? What's your insight on um, pain and pregnancy? Oh my gosh. First of all, that is like, that's a whole podcast to talk about the pain, the pain thing. Um, uh, pregnancy will give a female body some very specific pains, like guaranteed you're going to have some contractions, right? Guaranteed that they don't feel good. <laughs> like, that's really productive pain though. It's really productive pain. You need to have that experience to birth a child. So some, I mean, like this is the one category where pain is actually productive. So, um, and then you can choose to numb that pain or not based on, you know, Western science and the way your birth is going. Um, so I just want to get that out of the way because. Because pain um, is not always bad, right? 
that's a really productive pain. Yeah, right? I think that's you know, really vaginal tearing that might happen, or the necess the ne the necessity to have a C section. I mean, none of this is like, oh, this is like the most best feeling I've ever had. It's ecstatic in this weird way because your body just like dumps all these opiates into your system to be like, no problem, I can handle this. Um, but <laughs> I'm just reliving it right now. I've got sh I've got like shivers going up and down my legs constantly just thinking about it you're putting me back into um into labor right now into hard labor okay so but that the pain that i think i'm most interested in you know because i'm not a doula so i'm not going to be in your room with you at that moment although you might have balls with you in the room <laughs> as i know a lot of women do yes um because they've written to me and said i had the balls in the labor room um but the aches and pains that pop up from Oh boy, from the load that that baby's uh, influencing on your inner baby carriage over the course of nine months can change a lot of things in your body. Um, the relaxin, the increase in relaxin as it progresses into later and later trimesters can be really troublesome for certain, for certain women, um, especially in their pelvis. And so, you know, as you know, the relaxin loosens all of the fascial and ligamentous and tendinous tissues in your entire body. It doesn't just focus on loosening the pelvis, which is, you know, holy, holy Moses, kind of a nightmare. If you are, um, if you're not familiar with uh, certain biomechanical principles that help to optimize your joint position as your body grows. So, in the role mama mama, we spend a lot of time focusing on the body's changing, the changing posture and the changing alignment throughout the growth of the uterus. And, and some of the pains that frequently pop up, low back pain is more than 50% of pregnant women experience low back pain during pregnancy. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not in that, I'm in the 40% that didn't. And, you know, maybe it's genes, but maybe it's also that I, you know, really concentrated on on my inner baby carriage and keeping alignment um, in my life, you know, on frequent dosing throughout every day. It's just the way I live and all I think about. So, you know, there are those pains that are the owie pains, the ones that actually hurt. And then there's other, there's other things that pain does to one's brain that don't necessarily make you feel ow. So pain has a strange way of impacting other systems of the body. Um, it can affect your uh, can affect your hormones. It can affect your cortisol level. So it can affect your stress levels. Um, it can affect um, other unconscious things that don't necessarily indicate an owiness in an area. And I'll use myself as, as an example. Five months ago, or maybe six months ago, by the time the podcast airs, on November first of two thousand seventeen, I had a total hip replacement in my left hip which came as a total shock to me when I had it diagnosed in August of last summer. So the summer before I had a total hip replacement. Uh, I had infrequent pain in one muscle of my hip called the tensor fasciolata, which, um, which really was the lagging indicator that there was something wrong in the bones of my hip. So what I mean by lagging indicator is my friend Kelly Starrett, Dr. Kelly Starrett is a physical therapist and, and father of two. And, that's one of his phrases, that pain is the lagging indicator. So that the pain process could already be happening in your body and certain centers of your brain are already doing their thing to protect you from actually sensing the owie pain. So I didn't have the owie pain in my joint. When they took the joint out, it's covered with osteophytes. There's no cartilage um, left. I have it right here. I'm looking at it over um, by my bookcase. I'm strange, folks. I love anatomy um, and I love my body and I love the bone that was, that used to be in my body, just like I love the babies that used to be in my body. Um, so I think that that story is really interesting. I had to get the hip replaced. Otherwise I would probably be starting a, because uh, there, there were compensations in my body and I carried two children with that hip and wasn't in agony. I was walking like a normal person. I wasn't limping, although maybe with a, uh, you know, with a really refined, um, refined sense of my own compensation patterns. And so I was always diligently working on my compensation patterns. Um, so did I, 
sort of answer your question, he he, and not answer at the same time. But there are those aches and pains, like for example, low back pain, which is one of the top ones. Piriformis pain um, is, I think, maybe secondary to that that women frequently experience in uh, pregnancy. That those things can be managed. They may not go away altogether, but you want to use some comprehensive things to address it, and that includes the soft tissue work. Uh, breathing strategies so that you create conditions of relaxation so you're not rolling yourself out while stressed out, um, down-regulating the nervous system, using the tools in the right places to help, and then strengthening exercises that help to stabilize those areas that uh, you're having musculoskeletal pain. You know, sometimes there's organ pain also in pregnancy, and the organ pain isn't necessarily, you can't really rub out you know, rub an organ and think it's just going to, um, to go away. So with those things, when people are having organ pain or no, constant nausea, um, sometimes doing things that um, calm the body down help. Other times calming the body down amplifies that sense of nausea. So those can be a little bit paradoxical. And, you know, number one, you should always have a discussion with your doctor if you're experiencing, your doctor or your midwife, if you're experiencing chronic pain during pregnancy. But know that there are a variety of things that you can do to improve the, the hostess-ship for this evolving structure as you go through pregnancy and postpartum. For sure. I mean, I think, yeah, I think anytime that your body is having that pain, you should definitely see your doctor and you might be told, you know, it's happening because of this and you can explore your options of how to, um, you know, alleviate that pain. And maybe it is just because you're pregnant. Um, but maybe things like acupuncture or, you know, massage or yoga or, um, chiropractic care. There's so many things that you can do to, to see if your pain can be alleviated. So, yeah, and I think for women also, it's really surprising how few drugs you're allowed to take when you're pregnant. Um, and so it is really critical that this is a time that you employ um, a, a, a different spectra of self-care strategies. And that's one of the places where role model mama comes in. So we know that this reduces pain. We know that it Im improves your ability to sense your body so that you have more options for your movement postures and your exercise postures throughout the day and night. Um, and thus, that improves your way of living in your body, and it just builds on itself. It builds more and more trust in your own body, and that leads you all the way up to your labor room. Yeah, no, and I think, so to build on the things that, you know, we already know, we know that exercise is needed and healthy during pregnancy, and we also know that self-care and finding the time to connect with your body and your baby is important. So we have all these things that we know, and we throw at these these expectant and new parents, but to find the, the time to do all the things, that I think is what a lot of people struggle with. And so for many people, yoga is this good middle ground between the two. You know, it's kind of that kill two birds with one stone mentality. Can you tell us the links between um, prenatal and postpartum health and um, yoga? Blah, 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 blah. That's a lot. <laughs> so um, well, I no longer teach yoga. I really teach preparatory movements that can enable you to connect better to yoga postures. Um, I had to retire a lot of yoga poses because I had overstretched myself. So I had to be quite, I have to be quite um, uh, conservative in a way with how I dose yoga for myself. Because if, if, given, if given all the freedom in the world, he, he, I would just stretch myself silly. So I had to really back off. <laughs> from it but my my sort of not weapon but my um my tool to walk myself out of yoga was giving myself uh or figuring out why i had overstretched myself so much and using different best practices to teach my body how to move better right so yoga in and of itself i think is it's really like what is the yoga doing that is so helpful for the mother? I think when you look at the spectra of exercise or movement modalities that are out there, yoga typically, unless it's not taught this way, is more of slow actions and you're encouraged to go at your own pace and, and hopefully given the permission by your teacher truly to, to back off 
and listen to your body and not necessarily just plow through all of the exercises that are, are being presented to you. That the mindfulness, that the mindset, and in the yoga space we call the sankalpa, the mindset really is the best teacher. So that you're constantly connecting to your body sense as you're going through different positions. Um, and that in and of itself, that harnessing of mental awareness is deeply relaxing. And so there, that relaxation response is literally cohered to the experience of, of yoga. Whereas uh, like a boot camp class or, or HIIT training, um, that may not be the primary like sort of underlying thing. The primary underlying thing there might be effort, like efforting, like do, do more and more and more. Whereas in, I think in the yoga space is more listen, listen, listen. And I hope that that is, um, you know, that is brought to bear in whatever classroom environment and yoga tune of classes, it, it certainly is. And so for the pregnant woman, again, this is just another way of, of tuning in. And depending on where her uh, muscle strengths and imbalances are, different positions can be extremely helpful for relieving stress and for improving um, her ease of movement throughout the day and helping her to sleep at night because this is going to be the last time she sleeps ever. <laughs> Don't we know that is true? Oh my goodness. And for all of our moms out there whose mouth just dropped to the floor, we're kidding. It's only going to be 14 years. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Sleep doesn't have to be bad. Sleep does not have to be bad at all. Um, yeah, I love what you said about um, making the movements, you know, smoother and um alleviating the pain. So I think that a lot of women who are, especially later in your pregnancy, as you really have, um, you know, when your belly is really there and there's no doubt that um, there's a baby on the way, I think slow and gentle yoga is a really great place for women to um, connect, but also find those stretches that can really be like, Ah, you know, like I hear so many times people say like, I had so much pain and then I attended a yoga class and every time a hip acted up, I did that move or every mm -hmm. time, you know, I got that rib pain, I did whatever position. Um, so I love, I love talking about yoga, um, with my clients and finding, um, you know, different yoga positions that might work for them. Um, and I think later on in the, the show, I want to chat about, um, kind of yoga positions in birth, but we'll, we'll try and stay kind of, <laughs> kind of on the straight and narrow for right now. So well, I, I would like to say that it, one thing that's really important for all pregnant women is that as long as you're, hopefully your doctor is on board with this and they've read the, the latest recommendations from ACOG, the American Council on Obstetric, Obstetrics and Gynecologists that, um, Abdominal strengthening exercises are critical for alleviating that back pain um, and also for helping to generate your push when it comes time to push. So, so I think one of the really important things to bear in mind, you, you know, yoga is great and have so many benefits to it, but the, in 2015, American Council on Obstetrics and Gynecologists came out with some new recommendations about exercise during pregnancy and one of the surprising things they suggested was a core strengthening, which is critical for stabilizing your back and your pelvis throughout pregnancy. Now, they don't mean to do curl-ups and crunches um, or planks, you know, the things that distress the, and distend the linea alba, the, the center of your, the, you know, the, the tenderness connection to the two halves of your core. But core strengthening exercises are critical for pushing and they're critical for breathing and for reducing pain in your back and your pelvis. So while I do think women can benefit from the positional improvements that they can get from yoga, you also want to have exercises that stabilize you and strengthen you. And so that's one of the things that we attempt to do in Roll Mama Mama is, is a, you know, really applaud that output that you know, many women who are in strength training or athletics do so that the, the system is also a way to help recover those tissues if they did have a, tr a big training day um, that day or the, the day before, so that they're not sore from their, their exercise output. 
Because it isn't just the pregnancy that might make you sore. It's might, what you do on a regular basis might make you sore. Absolutely. I love that you um, talk about the strength um, in your core. I, diastasis recti is something that, you know, is really important to me that people are aware that this not only can happen, but it can be something that you can be proactive about. You can take steps exactly. in your pregnancy um, to, you may not be able to prevent it 100%, but you can definitely protect yourself. Um, obviously under the care of a healthcare provider. Um, but definitely there are things that, that you can do. So what does the research say when it comes to um, yoga and helping in the birthing experience? Because I fully believe that it's helpful. You know, many birthing positions and pain relief maneuvers or positions are either based in yoga poses or very similar. Um, it's because it's a natural way for your body to move. Yeah, I'm, everything you just said is what I would have said. So <laughs> I don't have much more to add there um, other than the breath control aspects that you get from doing yoga practices um, that make you also breathe in strange positions, right? Um, that is extremely beneficial to the health of your respiratory diaphragm, your transversus abdominis, and the, the intercostals in your rib cage. So this relational tension between this is in the role mana mama, we call this the inner baby carriage. So the relational tension between those soft tissues is really challenged in unique ways by, uh, by yoga positions that might, um, uh, you know, bend you to the side and put a leg in a weird place that creates tensional pull through your psoas into some, you know, strange torsions in your ribcage, all of those are very beneficial for ultimately repacking you together, bringing you back to center and helping you to generate force through those tissues. For sure. You know, and we've touched on a little bit um, about how maybe your everyday stuff is making you sore, but yoga can definitely make you sore. And for our listeners out there that don't know, um, there are different levels of yoga. And I kind of giggle because my goodness, I've been in some really intense yoga classes where I was like shaken due to the poses. I was like really intensely trying to be a good yogi. Um, or sometimes it was like the pace of the flows where I was like, wow, this is an actual workout. And people don't always think about that in yoga. What do you tell people when they're like, I'm trying to find the the perfect yoga fit for me because um, it can be really abstract to think about yoga as like an actual workout and it can be. Oh, it most definitely can be uh, depending on the style that you go to. Um, it, with our work with Yoga Tune-Up, we're really, con our main goal is to help you to figure out how your body moves and so that you can take that body into any different movement system and get the most out of it. Because if, you're, if you don't know the options that your body has, um, you're more likely to end up you know, making a mistake or getting injured. And I don't wanna scare anybody, but that, I mean, that happens every day. I mean, you go into a kettlebell class that you've never gone into, you're swinging kettlebells around, but you don't really understand how your hip hinges or you know, how, uh, what hip flexion is then you can end up transferring the, the load or the stress of the moving kettlebell into your lower back. And the same thing is true for yoga positions. Even though it seems like you know, yoga is just about relaxation, it's not. Um, you can build a lot of strength in different positions, especially by activating your tissues in certain ways. So I, I don't know how to tell anybody how to go look for the right yoga class because I would tell them to go to my class first <laughs> so that you can get to know your body better and then start go, you know, get a familiarity with your topography, your inner topography, um, and um, learn methods or you know, learn how to breathe and then take that on the road. I'm very biased. Um, it's just the way it is, lady. Yeah, I definitely think that you have something great here. I think you are totally entitled to be biased. I, I absolutely love your balls, um, and I see so many uses um, in them from pregnancy to actually during the labor and the birth and then postpartum and then just ongoing self-care, which is so hard to come by these days. So are there any restrictions on people who can or can't use the therapy balls? And are these products that are like generally safe, like kind of, you know, like an over-the-counter thing? Or should you be asking your healthcare provider, like, because they're, you know, everybody's body is very different. So it's more like a prescription. What would you, what would you say? Well, it's definitely not a prescription. These are, are not um, medical grade 
anything. And they're soft tools. All of the, the therapy balls are soft deliberately. They're made of gripple, grippy, pliable rubber. Uh, and they're, there's three of them that are solid rubber. The yoga tune-up balls are the smallest that are a great fit for the, the hands, the feet, and the spine, and the face. And then the therapy ball pluses are a little bit larger. Those are really nice for the thighs, um, the calves, and the shoulders. And then there's the alpha ball, which is really jumbo. And usually our larger massed folks like the larger pressure of the, not the larger pressure, but the larger pressure disperse, dispersion of the alpha. But um, typically, a lot of our athletes love to use the alpha balls. And then the gorgeous ball is a hollow air-filled ball. And we use that for trunk awareness. And it's incredibly um, sort of because it's air filled there is very compressible so you can for example for the pregnant for the pregnant lady you can place it on your your side your lumbar spine with laying on your waist and it's a great way to give yourself some traction in the lumbar spine so we don't lay face down with the cordis ball on your uterus that's never a good idea, but if you have, although one of my OBs said, hey, if you're comfortable sleeping on your belly at eight months, sleep on your belly. And I wasn't comfortable sleeping <laughs> on my belly, but knowing that she, you know, and actually I did a dynamic ultrasound um, showing some different movements that we filmed the, the fetus moving around with these different movements that's it's just a, it's a part of the extras on the video i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give spoiler alert but there's some pretty cool stuff in there that is cool uh, my yeah. little baby like going that uh, is cool <laughs> um wait what it was what was i saying i was saying something about the balls and i got so giddy i lost my train of thought i literally lost my train of thought where was i he <laughs> he uh, so I was saying something about low back pain with the gorgeous ball, and you can also place that on the rib cage for decompression pressure and also familiarizing yourself with your breathing mechanics. And girl, we were about the hip. We were talking about you could use it on your hip to gain traction. Yeah, well, spine. if you have low back pain, the yep. gorgeous ball is great in your waist or it's great on the rib cage um, for the same reason or getting your getting your milk to move in because if you're rolling with the gorgeous ball along your chest or breast, which can be really uncomfortable. Um, but if you are really backed up, it's one way to help give gentle massage to yourself. Um, if you don't want to tire out your hands anymore, because your hands are intensely needed for all the caretaking that they're going to be doing for the baby. And we have a hand sequence on the, on the video Girl, I know there was a point to this, and it wasn't about my video, though. What was it? Oh, well. You can go on to the next question. I'll remember. Okay. I'm jet By the way, everybody, I just flew in from Sydney last <laughs> yesterday. Yep. So I'm, I'm really upside down on my time zones. I was there for Maybe five days teaching way. at a conference. So shifting into your personal life, you mm -hmm. have two littles at home. Um, one is four and one is a little older than one. So mm -hmm. tell me about being a mom since things have recently shifted to two children. Oh boy, shifted. They have, most definitely. Yeah. That comment <laughs> about sleep was very much about myself and my husband. Yep. My uh, I was such a great sleeper before I had my second child. And when I was pregnant with him, I got insomnia. You know, like by the time I was pregnant with him, my daughter, Lila, was sleeping through the night great. But there was just something that wasn't letting me sleep with this pregnancy. So while I have all the self-care tools in my arsenal, and I know that I was doing all the right things, still he had other other plans for me. And then the first eight months of his life, he was really, really noisy during the night. So I think that's who he was and who he is. And now it's fine. <laughs> now he's sleeping. Like once he was about mm, right around one year, he really started to, to normalize with the sleeping. And so um, that's been difficult though, I have to say, because it does reduce your mental acuity. And I remember when I went back to teaching, and just like what just happened a moment ago, although that was really jet lag, because when I teach, all of the, all of the teacher, teacherness person that I am um, just sparks up as soon as I have people in front of me. So I'm able to, 
not sleepwalk through teaching, but be incredibly present because it is one of the places where I feel most present in my life, in addition to being with my kids. Um, so yeah, it's difficult being a business owner because that's my, that's my first baby. And then being a parent of two littles, but I feel so amazingly integrated into biology, into the earth now in a way that I, I thought I felt before. But until I was a mother, there are certain feelings that I never had access to. And I'm so grateful for, for being a mom and what it allows for myself and for the nuclear family and then hopefully for the greater good. And hopefully this offering of Role Model Mama will help the greater good so that other women can have a pain-free pregnancy. I might have had a sleepless pregnancy, but I, I did have a pain-free pregnancy, two of them. So I'm very happy about that. That is, that's super cool. That's awesome. I always love when people report, you know, really awesome pregnancy stories or, you know, really great birth stories. I think something that I want to touch back on and highlight that you said is that things are temporary. So going back to that sleep or going back to that pain or going back to the way that you leave mm -hmm. your body or, you know, whatever fears or anxieties, whatever is really happening in your life right now, um, remember it's temporary. So if I am talking right to your heart right now, really take this. It really is temporary. I promise no one stays pregnant forever. Um, you know, no one's kid can go forever without sleep or they cannot go forever without only eating chicken nuggets and macaroni and cheese and, you know, chocolate milk. I promise things, um, they will eventually shift. They will eventually shift. So how has it been, um, so being a business owner and being a mom are, you know, hard, but your business is rapidly, rapidly growing. How has that affected um, kind of your family dynamics or what does that look like in your family? Well, I have a nanny who I work out of the house so I can be here as much as possible and get frequent hugs and kisses and, um, you know, take time out of my day every day to be with the kids, you know, to take one to a class or take one to another class um, or to do a, you know, water table activity or, you know, sometime every day I'm involved with my kids in an activity. And then every day I try, I mean, we have breakfast together, we have dinner together, but I'm here for that, that frequency of caretaking. But she, she kind of takes over the majority of the caretaking so that I can get my work done. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm a lot less productive <laughs> than I was pre-pregnancy. Um, I'm writing my second book right now and it's taking me mm, at this rate twice as long as the first book took me to write. And the first book took me uh, 16 months to write. I, I signed the contract right after I found out I was pregnant with Lila and I thought I'd be finished with the role model. And I, I didn't, I, I, um, <laughs> I gave birth to her and then it took me an additional six months to complete the book. And I, spent, I mean, literally I would nurse her while I was at my standing desk and I would be typing. I have pictures and it was very, very <laughs> intense time, but I'm, I'm so, I'm so overjoyed of the reception that the book has and that it inspired this next project that I'm writing now and the role model mama, which just came out. Yes. So your new book is, um, for all of our listeners, it's all about breathing and your core health. It is. Raise your hand if you've ever heard me talk about how important it is to breathe for stabilizing your core. And I just laugh because exactly. I imagine every single person tuning in right now with their hand like high up in the air. I talk about it all the time. It's just so incredibly important. So how exciting. What can you share with us about your new book and the core stabilization and breathing and all the things? Ooh, all the things. That is, a, that is definitely my favorite topic. It's, it's actually what I originally wanted to write when my publisher approached me about writing a book. I knew I had to do the role model first, but this is the one I wanted to write first. This is my approach to right, inside-out core training, essentially. And it really does start with your breathing mechanics, what I call the inner baby carriage. Although in the book, I'll call it the lining of your birthday suit because I want it to also appeal to the men in the world. But I think uh, anyone who's gone through a pregnancy, you probably can relate to that sense of your inner baby carriage, right? These are those main postural muscles that are also happen to be secondary and primary breathing muscles and tertiary. 
being able to um, differentiate them and differentiate your breathing zones for both relaxation and for strength, this is what gives us access to whole body tone as well as whole body relaxation and to states of emotional regulation. So it's really quite interesting. And I can't tell you the title yet because we haven't released the, the title yet, but it's a, it's a work in progress. And it, it combines two primary trainings that I lead in our greater tune-up fitness spectrum of trainings, which is called the core integration immersion and our breath and bliss immersion. So it really sort of spackles those two trainings together and makes it come alive in a book form. That is so exciting. And I know everyone's on the edge of their seats, just like me. Oh, you're the best, Tee. <laughs> Thank you. So, Jill, if people were interested in um, the tune-up balls, the, um, you know, the mama program, just following you on social media, where can they find you? How do they get their hands on your goods? My website is tuneupfitness.com. On social media, I'm super active on Instagram. You can find me there at Yoga Tune Up also at Tune Up Fitness, which is our brand page. And then on Facebook, you can find my author page, Jill Miller, or even better, go to Tune Up Fitness, which is our fan page on Facebook. I'm on Twitter occasionally. I've been known to tweet. But um, if you want direct access to the Role Model Mama program, we have a web portal and you just go to Role Model Mama. And that's spelled R-O-L-L-M-A-M-A, excuse me, R-O-L-L-M-O-D-E-L-M-A-M-A. I guess there's different spellings of mama also. Did you know For that? Sure. This is the yeah. 1M version of mama and the 2L version of roll because it's, yep. it's, a, it's a play on words. <laughs> and for our listeners, we will have all of um, the links in the show notes as usual so that you have plenty of access to Jill. Jill, thank you so, so much for being here. All of our listeners, please head over and check out her brand new product. It just launched on May 1st. Show her all of the love of the TBH tribe. And don't forget to head over to our show notes to get your free download of my top picks for Mother's Day this year. As always, villagers, find your tribe and love them hard. Did you know you can join our online tribes? Our private Facebook group can be found by searching the Tranquility Tribe podcast on Facebook and our Instagram tribe is at Tranquility by Hehe. If you have a story you want to share with us, please reach out to us at tranquilitybyhehe@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Until next time, villagers. <laughs>